from the team at CTS, this is the Time Crunch Cyclist Podcast, our show dedicated to answering your training questions and providing actionable advice to help you improve your performance, even if you're strapped for time. I'm your host, Coach Adam Pulford, and I'm one of the over 50 professional coaches who make up the team at CTS. In each episode, I draw on our team's collective knowledge, other coaches, and experts in the field to provide you with the practical ways to get the most out of your training and ultimately become the best cyclist that you can be. Now, on to our show. Welcome back, Time Crunch fans. I'm your host, Coach Adam Pulford. Audience questions keep pouring in, so we keep answering them. So some of these questions have multiple questions within them like today's. And I think that's awesome because it means you are all absorbing this stuff and you want more out of this podcast. It's awesome. That's why we're here. So in the spirit of time crunchness, we don't have a ton of time to spare. So let's get right into it. Here's the question for the, or the questions for the day coming from Todd. What's the difference between intensive threshold training and extensive VO2 training? They both seem like they're around 105% of FTP targeting around 25 minutes of time and zone. Obviously, there's going to be some overlap between different workouts to some extent, but what are the big differences between these two specific workouts and what do we hope to achieve? Or are they just bridging the gap between traditional threshold and VO2 max training? Love the podcast, Todd. Yeah, uh, you're right, Todd. Uh, technically, there's a bit of a Venn diagram going on there with where they meet, and that's intentional. Intensive threshold training, typically in the way I write my training programs, is going to be between 100 and 105% of your FTP, meaning right at or slightly above functional threshold power. Extensive VO2 training is 106% and more. We'll get into that here in a bit. Technically, zone five would be 106 to 121% or thereabouts. Everybody starts to make their power a little differently at that point because it becomes so anaerobic in nature. Um, but those are some of the deflection points in that specific 1% that you're talking about um, is the point in question. So in a fairly trained cyclist, these lines, yeah, they're a little blurred. And so when you get granular, it can be confusing. But human physiology is not as precise as this. So this is a good but somewhat tricky question. Let me elaborate a little bit more. And also let me use this question as a good excuse to get on the soapbox of big picture thinking when it comes to organizing your training. That number percentage isn't the thing to focus on. So what I would encourage you to focus on is this question. What is the purpose of the training? And if you can answer that question, you can then use these training zones, the ranges of the training zones and the percentages of FTP to help guide your training better. Okay. So as you can see, this can get a bit philosophical, but let me bring it home with some practical application at the end of this thing. So first, let's let's do like a refresher course of intensive versus extensive and whatever the heck I mean by that. I've done podcasts and had guests on the podcast, namely Tim Cusick, um, who's, I, I would say, popularized this concept of intensive versus extensive training. And a lot of that came from a, a lot of us WKO5 power users um, using some of this uh, technology. And you've heard me talk about WKO5 on the, po on the podcast before. 
But again, this, this concept is just a way to simply organize your training. And we're just talking about longer or harder intervals. Generally, I find that when we're doing longer intervals or extensive training, it's better to do that in your build phase of your annual plan. Okay. And that build phase happens somewhere after base and before your race time period. Then as we get closer to a race phase or more specific uh, event phase, right? Then you can intensify the intervals doing efforts that are typically shorter and more intense in nature. Okay. Additionally, many road races, mountain bike races, gravel races, if you're doing the base and build properly, doing shorter, higher intensities as you come into that goal event time period is going to deliver you a more all around race ready engine or physiology that you'll have the most fun with <laughs> at the race itself. So that's, that's why we, I would encourage you to follow that pattern of training, um, in the way of intensity and, and duration sort of training or extensive versus intensive training. Let's also remember that training zones were created to be more descriptive rather than prescriptive. What that means is Andy Coggin and a few others were using the, this power data to help shore more specifically what these stresses were doing to the body and the energy systems and what outcomes could be achieved by them. Zones have ranges, okay, ranges of power, heart rate, effort, whatever you're talking about. And on each distal end of those ranges, the zone will have, will, will touch the two other zones. And this is the spectrum of all intensities. And it pertains to the energy systems that we're talking about in the body. Here's where some of that philosophy is coming in, right? But here's the thing. You're never using just one energy system when you're doing a workout, right? You're using all the energy systems in your body, okay? All of them at once. You've been kind of using all of them at rest. And at specific intensities, you'll be able to stress one energy system more than the other. And that's what we're really talking about with, um, with either intensive or extensive or with the particular training zone. Finally, when you stress and rest, you form an adaptation. We've talked about that on the podcast too. And this, this is why really we're using training zones to specifically target, uh, those touch points in your body to achieve the goals and the adaptations that you want. That's training. Okay. So now back to the focus question. What is the purpose of your training? Is it to lengthen the time that you can hold threshold power? Is it to increase your VO2 max? Or is it to improve power at either of those points? Okay. Let's find some grounding there with it. Generally, I find it better to train the longer sub-threshold effort first before you get into the harder effort, okay, when we're specifically talking about threshold. Extensive threshold training, when I'm doing that in my coaching practice, I'm aiming for 91 to 100% of FTP or a rate of perceived effort of about 7 to 8 out of 10 if we consider 10 to be a maximum effort. Okay. And then what we want to do is accumulate more time in zone as we progressively overload your system, that glycolytic energy system that produces threshold power. So I like to use 10 minute intervals and build up to 
12, 15, 20, 30 minute intervals. And you've heard me talk about 60 minute intervals as well on this thing, but start with 10 and 12 minute intervals, aim for 30 to 40 minutes of total time and zone, meaning three by 10, three by 12, et cetera, and progressively build and overload your system by accumulating more time and zone, not going harder. That's, that is like the bread and butter sort of rule for threshold and sub threshold training. Some riders can achieve as much as a hundred to 150% of your time to exhaustion. And for my WKO five users, nerds that are on this, uh, listening to this podcast, you, you know what that means. The translation is for, for most people, you can accumulate about 45 to 70 minutes of total time and zone for one workout on this extensive th threshold training development sort of plan. Okay. So those, those are some of the ingredients that should go on into an extensive threshold workout. Okay. Now the same concept will apply to extensive VO2 max training. I like to use interval durations of three to five minutes. I aim for 106 to 116 ish percent of FTP. That's where it depends. <laughs> A little individuality coming in there. But again, that's zone five and perceived effort on that's pretty hard. It's a nine out of 10. Um, so near full gas, maybe a touch, maybe a touch below. Um, I also use high cadence on this. So 95 plus for most people, but I'm going to go as high as you can do without bouncing in the saddle. Okay. There's an aerobic response that I want out of that, um, with high cadence. And typically if I've got an athlete doing high cadence, high power, I get the best VO2 response out of them. The goal should be to aim for at least 15 minutes worth of work and up to about 25 minutes of total time and zone. Uh, in my previous podcast, one of them, I talked with coach Jim Lehman, where if we're targeting some of these VO2 max workouts or VO2 power workouts, and we say minimum of 15 minutes and you can't do 10 minutes, we'll just start there. Just start with what you got and build up progressively from that point. Now, when we talk about intensive threshold training, Oh, Todd, you should be on the edge of your seat right now. Okay. Uh, but this is when we want to pull up FTP or raise the aerobic threshold ceiling. I use interval durations between seven and 10 minutes with typically a two to one work to rest period. Meaning if I've, if I'm working with a 10 minute interval, I'll take five minutes of rest as a, as a minimum. And if the athlete can't produce really good power repeatedly in those intervals, I'll, I'll add an extra minute or two in that. The goal here is power. Okay. More power. And that's a difference between extensive threshold development. If the athlete's feeling good, more power for intensive extensively. If the athlete's feeling good, add more time. So when we're doing intensive threshold workouts, aim for a hundred to 105% of your FTP. And that should feel like probably like an eight out of 10, again, assuming 10 is a maximum effort as you get into the final, uh, interval, or maybe the final, um, minutes of that interval, you may be ticking up into that nine and that's the, the goofy overlap, right? Todd, between the, uh, Ex extensive, <laughs> sorry, intensive threshold and extensive VO2 that you were talking about. And again, um, you can do these, I talked about specificity of, of racing. So take this for what it's worth. This is my coaching art a little bit. Uh, you can start to 
what I call front load some of these intervals to help mimic race starts or hard hill climbs when you jam into a hill climb, right? So you're adding uh, like an anaerobic uh, small portion of 30 seconds, maybe 60 seconds that's over FTP. And then you settle into that kind of like time trial mode after that all within 10 minutes, or you can do an acceleration, uh, like a hard over FTP acceleration at the end of these intervals. Okay. Again, I, I play around with that depending on what the athlete needs, what the races that we're doing here, but like that intensive threshold, it's, it's hard time trial. You should be finding your edge on each of these. They're really taxing. They're really fatiguing. They're, they're just, they leave you tired. So do these with a bit of caution meaning don't do these the day before a race or a group ride where you want good legs. They'll, they'll make you a little trashed. So just be careful with them and make sure you get plenty of recovery on the backside. Finally, intensive VO2 training. Here is basically full send on each one. I use interval durations of a minute and a half to three minutes, depending on the athlete their goals and how they make their power, what we're trying to achieve. <laughs> okay. So the individuality of training really comes into play on, on these, but they're max efforts for the given duration. They're also max efforts for the whole set. For example, if I've got 10 by one and a half minute intervals or 10 by 90 seconds, okay, that's a better way of saying it. Um, that's 15 minutes of total time and zone. Okay. And you're going to front load them, meaning start really hard and just kind of hold on for dear life, make them feel like a nine going on 10 out of 10. But you're also not just going to gut yourself on the first one because you still have 10 of them to go. <laughs> so there's an element of pacing here that I would say when I'm working with an athlete and it's the first time we're doing intervals like this, I typically see and I typically want them to basically blow up and not finish the set. Because I'll say, yeah, really good power, really committed. That's awesome. Now let's just dial it back a touch so that we can finish the last three or something like that. So don't be afraid of blowing up or imploding or whatever, whatever the verbiage that you want to use on these workouts. Sometimes that's intentional. When I'm there with the athlete, yeah, it's super intentional because I want to see what they can do. Um, for all you nerds out there that want a uh, you know, power percentage, Keep it above 106% of FTP. I think you're good. Even if it drops below that though, and you still can muster some gumption to get, the, keep pushing, just go. Go till you're done with a prescribed set or go till you can't. Both strategies are very effective. And don't worry so much about the power here. Focus on the effort. We'll look at the power after the fact. Again, training zones, descriptive. I, I like to use equal work to rest as a starting point here, uh, but I do add on a little extra time, uh, an extra minute or two, again, to help the athlete produce better power. So if they're failing because um, the recovery periods are too short, just give yourself an extra 30 seconds. Give yourself an extra minute, okay? Focus on high quality power because intensive training is focused on the power add in a little more recovery if you need to in order to stress the muscles, stress the system, then you're going to get the adaptation that you want. So no super hard and fast uh, recovery periods on that. It's whatever you need within reason to produce really good power. All right, so let's, let's uh, do a summary and take this thing home. Intensive versus extensive is simply a way to organize your training. 
and hopefully to help you see the big picture more clearly or think of training differently. Human physiology is not as precise as we think or hope it to be when it comes to exact one percentages of functional threshold powers correlating to our exact desired outcomes in training. So it's best not to get bogged down in wanting that precision from these guidelines as much as we really want the precision to be true. You have to accept the fact that zone training has ranges or a spectrum on the intensity continuum. Zones are not compartments where they're neatly, you know, tidied with the energy systems and and packed over here in a corner and untouched over there. Now our body's always using these systems. You want it to, that's, that's how we've evolved to be. Okay. There is. And human physiology is quite complex. So to even be talking about it in the context like I am right now doesn't do it justice. I'm I'm, I'm really dumbing things down here. (laughs) But as you move through the intensity spectrum, different energy systems will be stressed more than others. And therefore, if you rest, you form adaptation, you get better, stronger, bigger, faster, all, all those great athlete things. Finally, using zones to help guide your training along your journey helps to keep you organized and grounded in building your aerobic engine so that come race day, you've got it firing on all cylinders. Okay, well, that's all for today, folks. Thanks again for Todd uh, for that great question. Everyone, (laughs) keep that momentum going by submitting your own questions at trainright.com backslash podcast. Click on ask a training question and we'll do our best to answer it here on upcoming shows. If you're liking what you're hearing here on the Time Crunch Cyclist podcast, please share it. Please share an episode with your friend. That That's simply the best way to keep the show growing and generate more good topics and content for everyone to learn from. So thanks again for listening and be sure to come back next week to get more great info packed in a short episode like this. Thanks for joining us on the Time Crunch Cyclist Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want even more actionable training advice, head over to trainright.com backslash newsletter and subscribe to our free weekly publication. Each week, you'll get in-depth training content that goes beyond what we cover here on the podcast that'll help you take your training to the next level. That's all for now. Until next time, train hard, train smart, train right.